From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 194 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story? The once-a-decade U.S. census has been complicated by the outbreak. Virus fears have kept census takers from signing up and people from letting field workers into their homes. And the count already had plenty of problems pre-pandemic. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, who has advised the White House on its COVID response, said he expects the U.S. to experience at least one more cycle of the virus in the fall and winter. He pointed to rising cases in the South and Midwest parts of the country. Gottlieb also said he doesn't believe there will be a vaccine available for general inoculation until the end of the second or third quarter in 2021. That contradicts President Donald Trump's earlier comment that all Americans could be vaccinated by April. In an interview on CBS on Sunday morning, Gottlieb said he hoped the virus would start to dissipate next summer. Myanmar locked down most of Yangon province, which is home to its largest city. It locked it down for two weeks to contain a record surge in coronavirus infections ahead of the general elections scheduled for November. Today's strict stay-at-home order bars more than one member of a family to venture out for shopping and curbs travel to other cities except for essential work. Finally, an $18 billion initiative to deploy a COVID-19 vaccine around the world is moving into the next phase, with 156 countries and regions joining the program. The initial goal of the campaign, called COVAX, is to have 2 billion vaccine doses available by the end of 2021. While China wasn't among the countries having made a commitment in a statement released Monday, more agreements will be announced later. The program is led by the World Health Organization, Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. The U.S. has said it won't participate in the program. And now for today's main story. The 2020 U.S. Census is about to draw to a close. Bureau field workers have until September 30th to avoid an undercount. They've been going door to door to confirm the number of people living in cities across the country. But 
pandemic-scarred residents, fraudsters posing as census workers, and a lack of PPE are standing in their way. Bloomberg's Jordan Gaspure has more. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. The Trump administration will end the U.S. Census count a month earlier than expected. Last week, the U.S. Census Bureau announced that only 93% of households across the country have been counted so far. That's a problem. Anything less than a final response rate of 99% may lead to a flawed headcount. As of Wednesday, the Bureau says it's reached 99% of households in only two states, Idaho and West Virginia. After first extending the deadline because of the coronavirus pandemic, the U.S. Census Bureau will now stop collecting data on September 30th. The Bureau says it moved up the date to meet its December 31st deadline to provide figures to Congress. But the associate director of the census, Albert E. Fontenot Jr., said in a July webinar that it'll be impossible to meet the December 31st deadline. Census experts say this decision could lead to undercounts among renters, low-income people, immigrants, communities of color, and rural areas, and may cost them billions of federal tax dollars for public services over the next decade. The coronavirus pandemic is complicating census outreach efforts throughout the country. But in Arizona, where there's large rural and tribal populations, getting an accurate count has never been easy. Alec Esteban Thompson, with Arizona Governor Doug Ducey's office, told me in July that the coronavirus has complicated census outreach efforts in the state, where many of its rural communities don't have reliable electricity and internet access. We had, you know, all of these grand ideas as part of this original plan for, you know, different events that we were going to do and community-based tactics. But obviously, in the world that we're living in currently, those are not options. For census workers here, physically ensuring every household gets a census form sometimes means traveling long distances and to locations that may not even appear on a map. In the 2010 census, an estimated 4.88% of Native Americans living on reservations weren't counted. Someone like me who lives, you know, in downtown Phoenix with a physical address, I got a letter asking me to respond, followed by a few other mailings, and then eventually a paper form. Whereas in, you know, Navajo on Navajo Nation, they don't have physical addresses. So those forms are physically carried to someone's house and left at the door. So the next big operation that would take place is non-response follow-up. That's when a census employee will show up to a household. The Census Bureau strives to hire census takers to work in their own communities because, after all, they know their area best. Door knockers began going to homes on July 16th in various parts of the country. 
Last month, 500,000 census takers nationwide were in the field for the first time, knocking on the doors of households who haven't responded to the census. Bureau officials acknowledge that they're losing door knockers because they're afraid of contracting the coronavirus. I contacted a number of census door knockers to talk to them about their experiences. Three got back with me, but declined an interview because they were afraid of losing their job. Last month, the CDC said in a joint statement with the Census Bureau that taking part in an in-person interview with a Bureau employee, quote, should present a low risk of transmission of COVID-19. The Census Bureau says door knockers received online training and will attempt to conduct socially distanced interviews with every household that hasn't responded to the census. They'll also wear masks, sometimes gloves, and have hand sanitizer. After knocking, census employees will communicate with residents outside and at least six feet apart. The Bureau says its protocols have been reviewed by both the Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC. The Census Bureau says it will need to visit about 56 million homes to collect responses in person. After COVID-19 complicated census efforts, the Bureau has been scrambling to find employees. Last month, the Commerce Department Inspector General said the census still needs to employ 80,000 field workers. Census officials anticipated needing 300,000 field workers by the end of last month, but at that time had only trained and deployed 220,000. Carmen Taylor Jones, 2020 Census Director at the Los Angeles-based Black Women for Wellness Advocacy Group, says the Bureau has rushed putting field workers on the ground. They're scrambling, and I hope that the scramble does not lend itself to any compromising of the operation, because this thing is so important to our future on so many different levels that you cannot compromise. In 2010, Carmen trained field workers as the former Southern California area regional manager for the U.S. Census Bureau. I told people all the time, bring your A-game. This is a short project. It's not going to last forever. Bring the best that you have. And if you do that and you open up your soul to this work, you will walk out of here a much better person. Carmen is quick to point out that this decade's census has been fraught with many issues. Everything from a last-minute timeline cut to partisan politics over a citizenship question and then the COVID-19 pandemic. She recognizes that it hasn't been easy for the Bureau's field workers, who now face the final month to confirm the number of people living in their city. I have so much respect for this operation simply because it is one something that is for everybody. You know, I tell people the only people we don't count are those babies that are still inside of their mother's wombs. Other than that, if you're on life support, we count you. Don't let anybody rob you of the opportunity to document your existence. To throw another wrench into census plans, the Bureau announced that in-person counting now ended as early as last Friday in some parts of the country. This is nearly two weeks before the count officially ends nationwide. The Bureau said in a statement that the last-minute change is, quote, based on the rates of completion, self-response rates, and the number of hours our available workforce can work. That was Jordan Gaspure. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, 
please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Jordan Gaspure. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Schein. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.